Hey, it's Vince. Uh, I wanted to take a minute and introduce you to what you're about to hear. This is a recording of a two-hour coaching call I did to about 75 gym owners across the U.S. And it's, I basically uncovered, one, a lot of things I've been doing with my gym and my mastermind members to help navigate this COVID-19 situation. Um, but we really specifically got into something called the pay, paycheck protection plan. Um, and, and what that is, is basically a grant or it's a loan that turns into a grant. And it's a really, really important thing for, for you to know about as a gym owner, uh, because it can get you out of a big time financial, uh, bad financial situation. So, um, I bring on a, a, a world renowned expert in the finance industry, Mike Waldron, who works with gyms all over the country and we unpack it. So uh, it's strap on your seatbelt. There's a ton of info. Get a notebook, get a pen. You're going to want to take this stuff down. And if you are interested in taking your business right through the midst of this COVID thing, this is something you want to listen to every word of. All right. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Peace. All righty. What's up, everybody? Can you, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Can you see that I'm in a dungeon? And it's it's funny, uh, you know, all of you have been selecting where you're going to work from home. So I am conveniently on my ping pong table down in my basement. And I pulled the ping pong table out a little bit so I can slide my legs underneath so it doesn't hit the pool table. And I put a, a 25 pound plate on the other side. So I'm always connected to the weights. And uh, this is where my setup is down in the basement. But there's a problem. And the problem is my kids are all being homeschooled and we moved the homeschool situation to the dining room. And I'm thinking I'm going to be uh, away from everything in the dungeon in the basement but I didn't realize that my ping pong table is directly below the dining room. And this is the only area of the dining room we don't have drop ceiling. <laughs> Needless to say, I've been listening to six-year-olds be on Zoom for the last 48 hours. And uh, it's been a very interesting situation. And it's like, they don't sit down. They don't, they run. They only run back and forth. The only thing I can hear is a dog running across the floor and then a kid getting up and a kid running up and Vanessa yelling. And it's just been this. <laughs> so here I am thinking I'd have this nice quiet. And I've instructed them during this call that we keep it uh, quiet. So the, the, uh, the craziness of, of, the, of the life we're living right now. Um, but hopefully we can find a time to smile. Uh, through all this. So I, I have no idea who is on this call. I invited the entire world. And uh, so this is a combination. My pleasure. Thank you for saying thank you. Uh, this is a combination of people in my mastermind. This is a combination um, of people in my search program. This is people on my email list. So I have no idea. I have no agenda today other than to inform you as best I can about how you should be going about this situation. I have nothing to sell you at the end. I'm not going to follow up with you. I'm not going to contact you. I don't even know who's on this freaking call. So this is 
for your purposes, there's been a lot of things that I've been doing behind the scenes. You notice I've been kind of quiet on Instagram and stuff like that because I've had my sleeves rolled up, hence the flannel. And uh, it's had my sleeves rolled up and I've been working with guys in the mastermind as best as I can. And, and uh, imagine that running my own gym at the same time. Um, so I'm going to start uh, by welcoming our guest and giving you the agenda for today. Some of you that are have been hearing from me, uh, like some of you on the surge call and like some of you on the mastermind call will have heard this stuff a lot before. Okay. Um, but I will also be talking about um, the uh, paycheck protection program which is kind of what you're here for. And I have brought on my friend, uh, Mike Waldron. Mike, can you wave hi? Okay. So that's Mike Waldron. And um, if you want to know like um, who uh, your MVPs are, like in these situations, who your rocks are, well, there's no one that's been on the phone for more hours than this guy. Uh, with all his clients. And and here's the deal. This is not a sales pitch for Mike Waldron. He doesn't have the time to help you right now. So that's why we're doing this is we're trying to uh, give you as much insight and information as we can. You you can't even hire him right now. Um, so the, the reality is maybe you can be added to his uh, newsletter list to get stuff. I don't even know. I don't think you're even writing emails right now. Um, but not, Mike not is doing anything right now. <laughs> doing anything right now. <laughs> Same here. It's on the phone. Um, but um, so Mike is our CFO at GFP, and he's a CFO for many different fitness businesses. He's from the hedge funds hedge fund space, so he gets the economic side, but also the political side, and he just really understands a lot of these laws. Now, there's a disclaimer here. There are things about the PPP. Um, the Paycheck Protection Program that not even the banks know. Okay, so today we will not have every answer for you um, because that's impossible because even your banker doesn't know. So we will advise you to the best of our ability today, but there may be certain questions and Mike will say, you got to check with your banker on that one. You got to check with your accountant on that one. Uh, These things are going to be very individual on how you handle it. Um, so the disclaimer before we start the call is is a very way mo- maybe some answers uh, like that that we give um, because there's just not a ton of information right now um, on it. We'll give you what we got. Okay, so let me start by going through what is my overall strategy, um, and I'm going to do this briefly because I know a lot of you have heard this before, and a lot of this stuff also will be coming out. I recorded um, you know, a bunch of podcasts yesterday, just uh, walking in the woods, and my brain was going. So I recorded uh, a podcast that will be out tomorrow and a podcast that will be out the next few days that will go deeper into some of these things that I'll be talking about. So um, I want you to envision... Uh, right now, a movie that you've all seen, a movie that you've all seen. And I believe that every one of you has seen Forrest Gump, right? Every one of you has seen Forrest Gump. Type into the chat if you've not seen Forrest Gump. Type in the chat if you've not seen Forrest Gump, the movie. Jason, are you serious? Oh, my God. 
not not a movie guy, man. I don't see many movies. <laughs> wow. Jeez. No, Jason's that's the problem. Jason's not a young buck at all. He's like my age. So maybe thirty three. Oh, you're a little younger than me. Yeah. All right, anyhow. Uh, but great movie. And and so only one weird person on the call hasn't seen it. And um, there's a part in the movie, and it's a really great movie, but there's a part in the movie where um, Forrest starts the shrimp boat, right? And he forms the company Bubblegum Shrimp. And he's out there on the water. He's out there on the water, and they're showing them trying to catch shrimp. And there's like they're, they're catching pots and pans. They're catching algae. They're not catching anything anything and it's Forrest and Lieutenant Dan and um they're out there and they're they're frustrated that they can't get the business going and what happens is there's this huge storm that comes this massive storm that comes and it literally wipes out every shrimping boat in the ocean all the shrimping boats were destroyed except for Forrest's boat called the Jenny and they show the Jenny and they show it there's a news thing a news story and they show the Jenny flying in and saying uh well one shrimping boat survived and then they flash to all these nets of shrimp diving into the boat and Forrest is you know they're raking it in and then all of a sudden it shows a uh out your community right now and uh, and know that there's a lot of people uh gym owners in your neck of the woods that aren't on this call that aren't making good decisions right now and how they're dealing with their clients and a lot of those people probably aren't going to make it the reality of the situation is this is that this is a really tough situation that we're in but if you are one of the gyms that does make it through, which you being on this call will give you a very, very solid chance of that, there's going to be a lot of shrimp for you because a lot of those other boats are going to go under and not catch any more shrimp. And the other side of it is there are going to be a lot of people that need your help. There's going to be a lot of people that need your help and think of people being quarantined think of people not exercising think of people being at home they are going to want your help and they're going to not want so much your um they're not going to want it they got an elliptical in their basement they got a bike in their basement they've had access to this stuff the whole way they've had access to home workouts for the last three weeks they're going to want personal training they're going to want instruction they're going to want someone to take the bull by the horns and say get me back in shape when this is over. So your job right now is to survive and thrive through this, knowing that at the end of this, there's going to be a lot of shrimp for you guys to catch. Okay. So that is the first thing is that you must, you must, you must make it through. Okay. So let me go over um, the first thing that you guys need to be. The first thing you guys need to be. Um, and that is, and you should write this down, um, you should be a lighthouse for your team, 
and you should be the lighthouse for your members and you should be a lighthouse for the community. So if, if you think about a lighthouse and I want you to envision all the people that are struggling through this time. And I want you to vision them a hundred miles off the shore and in really, really deep, dark, rough waters. And they're in these boats and the waves are crashing on top of the boats and they don't know what's going to happen and they're scared. And they're not sure that they're going to make it back to shore. But the one thing they know is that they can see the lighthouse. They can't see the shoreline, but they can see the lighthouse. And as long as they see that lighthouse, there's hope. As long as they see that lighthouse, there's hope. And your job is to continue to be the lighthouse for your team, for your clients, and for your community. Now is the time. If there ever is a time for you as a gym owner to step up and lead, now is that time. Today, your job is to find the energy and find the surge to lead your business, to lead your team, and lead your community, and to be that lighthouse. And I promise you this, when you can be the lighthouse during a situation like this, the trust that you will build will never, ever end. If you can be that lighthouse for your clients right now and get them through a challenging time and know that they're quarantined, but they have your online workout to look forward to, or they have you checking in with them all the time, and your team is, you know, you're assuring your team that we're going to make it through this together, right? That, that loyalty and trust that you will get will last you a really, really, really long time in business. So how you show up during this period of time is very, very important. And there's a quote that I've been using a lot lately. It says, adversity doesn't build character. Adversity reveals character. And if you can find the energy, if you can find the power and find the strength right now today to be that for your business, you're going to last a really long time and you're going to get through this period. You're going to do really great. Okay. Now the second thing I want to unpack to you, and again, this is more elaborated in my podcast is your leadership mindset through this. How are you thinking about your leadership? And the second thing is there's, there's really three things. Okay. The first thing is you need to have Jocko like discipline. Jocko like discipline. Jocko is, you guys have probably heard of him. He's the Navy SEAL, wakes up at 4.30 every morning. He's one of the most disciplined men on the planet. Okay. You must, you must, you must, if you're going to be that lighthouse and if you're going to be that communicator to your team and lead your team, you must have Jocko like discipline, meaning you must not let your own fitness slip. You must make sure you manage your sleep. You must manage your nutrition. You must be impeccably disciplined during this period of time. Your level of discipline needs to be taken. And here's the thing. This is not easy, right? Because it's really stressful right now. And it's easy to kind of fall back on the crappy foods and the sugar and all that. Okay. So protect your business and protect yourself by experiencing discipline and still disciplining your team. Do not accept underperforming team members right now. Do not accept underperformance. It is not the time right now that you should be dealing 
with people that are going to give you problems and employees that are griping and, and team members that are like, eh, I don't know if we no way, not right now, not right now. So you got to instill that level of discipline into your team. That's a really important thing. Um, have your people, if you have trainers right now that you're paying right now, make sure that they're being productive. Make sure that they're getting their work done. We're doing that by having them email um, a, a daily planner. The night before, before they go to sleep, they're, they're required to send a daily planner for what they're going to do the next day. And that's how we're getting productivity out of our team right now. Okay, so Jocko-like discipline is number one. You must raise your standards. Okay, if you are a, a decently disciplined person, you need to be a very, very, very disciplined person through this period of time. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, number two is Disney-like creativity. Disney-like creativity is you must be creative right now. You can't just rely on you know what you did before. If you relied on what you did before, all you'd be doing is closing your doors and hoping and praying that things work out. This is ain't this ain't going away anytime soon. Okay, so you must be creative. You need to be creative how you're going online. You need to be creative on how you're following up with your clients. You need to be creative on finding things for your team to do. Okay, and know that creativity could transfer into you know things that uh, you know are, are are there for you in the future. So you have to think, and here's the deal. One of the most important things you can do to be creative is to surround yourself with other people that are coming up with ideas. Because maybe right now you don't have the ability to be creative, right? But maybe what you need to do is you need to leverage creativity. And that's what's going on in the mastermind right now is guys are just coming up with ideas left and right and then sharing them. So you should be latching on to other people you know and other gym owners that you know right now that maybe can help you through it. You know, I'm on a text chain with a few different gym owners that I know across the country and we share, we're texting every day about different things that we're doing and how we're handling the situation. So right now, if you're not coming up with good ideas for yourself, leverage people around you, leverage your friends, leverage your team members on what creative ideas that you can bring about. But you're not gonna get through the situation without having really good creativity and finding ways to adapt your business and adapt your company for success, okay? The third thing, the third leadership mindset is something called productive paranoia. Productive paranoia, okay? Um, this is taking um, a stance on something called the Stockdale Principle. And the Stockdale Principle is this. The Stockdale Principle is based after a general in the Vietnam War that was captured. And he was a, he was a POW. And he was, you know, in there for like 10 years, tortured 20 times, and they interviewed him. He was a survivor. And they interviewed him, say, what was the difference between the people that lived and the people that died? And he's like, well, that's easy. He's like, the people that died were optimists. Think about that. The people that died were the optimists. And he went on to say, the optimists were the ones that were saying, ah, oh, we're going to be home by Christmas. Ah, oh, we're going to probably, ah, oh, maybe Thanksgiving, maybe Easter. And those were the optimists, right? The optimists were saying they were putting a date on it and they died of a broken heart. So do not put a date on when this is going to end. Do not say, yeah, we'll be back up running in May and, and bank on that because you have no idea. So the productive paranoia tells you you must prepare for the long haul. You should have in your mind that this could last till September. 
I really hope that doesn't happen. I really hope that doesn't happen, but it's possible. Anything is possible right now, and you should have that in your mind. What happens? What do you do if this lasts till September? Have that in your mind and be thinking about that. Productive paranoia. Do not be thinking, yeah, we'll be good. We'll be good in May. Things will be back on track. That is setting yourself up for failure. Okay? Have some paranoia, but make it be productive. Okay? So those are three leadership uh, mindsets of way you can think. Now, uh, very briefly, I'm giving you my four-part strategy. I filled a recorded the whole podcast that's coming out tomorrow that goes deeper into this. I want to get to Waldron's and the, and the money stuff today. Okay? Um, but there's really four parts to the strategy that I, that I've, uh, used for myself. And that's the difference between me and other consultants. Um, I am walking this line with you guys right now. All right. I, everything that you guys are doing, I've had to close my gym, just like you've had to close your gym. I've had to fend off people wanting to go on hold, just like you have. I've had to shift to online training, just like you have. So I'm literally walking this path with you every step. Okay, and this is the exact strategy that I'm using um, with my gym, and it's the pretty much the exact strategy I'm teaching to Mastermind, and my goal in telling you this is not that this is all secret information, but really this is just, you know, stuff that, that you need right now. So um, the first part of the strategy is preserve what you currently have. Preserve what you currently have. Um, if you think this is bad for you, what I want you to think about is if what would life be like right now if you owned a restaurant? If you think this is bad for you right now, what would life be like if you owned a restaurant where your revenue went to zero? I'm willing to bet none of your revenues has gone to zero. And you have two very, very important things right now that is uh, very beneficial to you. Okay. The first thing is you have some semblance of recurring revenue. Right. And that's what I talk about when I say preserve what you currently have. You have people, you have them on contracts, you have relationships, you have people that have been with you 10 years. All that goodwill that you've been putting into your clients right now should be showing up right now. So there is a really good chance that you're going to preserve a lot of what you currently have. And we've had, we have mastermind members that have literally have one person go on hold during this whole situation. Just one person. They preserved almost everything. Okay. Um, but the second thing you have is the ability to run your business online. So you have two really important things. You have clients, you have recurring revenue, and you have the ability to run your business online. For gyms, this is not that bad. Yes, we're forced to close, but if we really think about it, some of us could be in a really good position after this based on what Mike Waldron is going to talk to you about today. So yeah, it sucks. And yeah, this is challenging. But know that, that as a gym owner, right, you have two very important assets that you must take advantage of. One, preserving your current revenue. Two, leveraging the online platform to either keep those people paying you or even potentially selling and getting new clients. Okay? So you must preserve what you have. Um, when you have someone go on hold, do not just say, yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, find a creative way for them to stay on. Do you need to reduce your membership? Do you need to give them something different? Do you need to make them, you know, write them up a program and charge them 200 bucks a month instead of 400 bucks a month? Okay, the number one thing you need to do though is this 
and we've had a lot of conversations in the mastermind um, about value, okay? About value. And I want you to, I want to ask you guys this question. And the, and the question is, um, do any of you have someone, people at your gym that have been coming for a long time, but they, um, they haven't really lost a lot of weight? And maybe in some certain circumstances, they've actually gained weight in the last five, six years. But yet they still are loyal and they still come. Type into the chat, yes or no, if you've had that situation. If you have someone like that in your gym, that they're coming, right? They're coming. They haven't lost any weight. They, they, they signed up originally saying, I want to help you help me lose weight. And they haven't lost any weight. In some instances, they've gained weight. Okay? So most of you, right? And the yeses are coming in. Well, why? The one thing that they want, that they told you they wanted, they're not getting. Yet they hand you a $400 check every month. It's because you're giving them a different kind of value. You're giving them a different kind of value, and that is the kind of value that you need right now. If you think that you're going to get through this situation and keep people paying you and preserve all your memberships with online workouts, you're seriously mistaken because an online workout will only go so far, but a relationship and engagement and community and participation, all of those things will get keep people going and keep people engaged and keep people paying you. So you preserve the relationship, you preserve what you currently have through heaping on the value and you must separate the value from the result and the delivery of the service and the workout to the value of the overall experience, community, and the separate kind of value that makes would make someone continue to come year after year, even if they're not getting what they want. So there's a whole different kind of value out there that you must leverage. And the number one thing, the number one value you can do right now at this point is, is, is overly care about other people. Is individual reach outs, individual phone calls, check in, all that stuff. That stuff matters more than you will know right now. So all of that stuff needs to lead to the first part of the strategy, which preserve what you currently have. Second thing, okay, find a way to grow right now. It's not easy. It's not easy. People don't want to spend money, and most of you don't want to sell anything right now. And I get it. But the reality is you still need to make it. So you might need to be creative and find some way to sell something else. You might need to find it, you know, and start an online program. You might need to start doing stuff for sports performance. You might need to whatever. Okay. So that second part of the strategy is find a way to create new revenue right now. I don't think it should be your number one focus. I think your number one focus is to, can, to heap value onto your current membership and maintain. That was what, that is why it's first. And I think you should keep it on and that should be the main focus of what you're doing right now. Okay. But there also should be things you're thinking about um, uh, in terms of getting people into an online program and service because the reality is people need it right now. 
So don't be afraid to sell anything. Um, it's not wrong to sell something during this time, um, but just lead with extreme value and, and, and things should end up being okay. So that's number two is find something that you can actually collect new money from right now. Okay. Um, number three is set your business up for when you return. Set your business up for when you return. You have the time. Think about what is your new payroll structure going to be? Will you continue to run the way you've been running? Will you, if you were doing large group, will you continue to do large group? Or will you maintain some of your online programs? Will you um, actually, when you do get back, like let's say they allow you back June 1st. If they allow you back June 1st, do you think that they're going to say business as usual? No way. There's still going to be stipulations on that. Do you have the, the, enough cleaning supplies to withstand that? Do you have um, the team that's going to be there uh, when that comes? Do, do, you, do you have the ability to, um, to, to service the, the, the hopefully the a lot of people that will be coming back at, your, um, at that moment? So you got to really understand and think about what your business looks like when you return, knowing there's going to be restrictions on it knowing there probably is going to be this you know, social distancing that continues even when you do open. So you need to start thinking about what life is like and what your business is like when you actually get back. Are there things you want to do for your business? Are there systems that you had that were broken? Are there expenses that need to be dumped? Start to think about your business right now Okay, and where do, how do you want it to look like when you start up? And the fourth part of the strategy is get into your community get into your community buy the takeout from the local restaurant show pictures of yourself buying takeout be that person in your community that's going to support other businesses be the lighthouse right if you're not the lighthouse all you're doing is you're inwardly focused and i went i went through um uh, with something with a mastermind called the scary time success manual and I don't have the time to go over it today, but I went over 10 principles of how you get through scary times. Okay, here's number one on the list, and I'll just give this one to you. Okay, when you want to get through scary times, okay, forget about yourself, focus on others. If you want to get through scary times, forget about yourself, focus on others. The more outwardly focused you are during this situation, the better you'll be able to get through it. Okay, there's lots of people that are going through lots of really tough stuff right now. Okay, and I had the conversation with my insurance agent, and I'm on the phone, and we're talking about business interruption, and I'm like hemming and hawing about this business interruption, and blah, 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 blah. And it didn't dawn on me until like really late in the conversation that this is a guy that is, is a business owner just like us. This is a guy that's struggling too. And I got like stopped for a moment. I'm just like, I asked him, I was like, how are you doing? Right? And, and he was like, oh, man, I like, man, I just lost four clients. I had four clients that went out of business, man. It's like going to cut my revenue by like four, to, by a quarter. So just know that like there's people out there helping you and there's people serving you. The banker that you get on the phone with to help you with this loan is also struggling with this right now. All right, all the people that in the world right now that you're communicating with are struggling with this. Okay, 
um, it, put, put, put others before yourself and you'll be able to get through the situation much better. Okay, so that is my four-part strategy. Again, that's abbreviated. Uh, tune into my podcast tomorrow um, to get a much um, – yes, most, most uh, business interruption. Again, remember what I say, take it with a grain of salt, but I do believe that business interruption is more covered for things like acts of God, like hurricanes and other things like that. I do believe that this type of thing is not covered by business interruption insurance, which makes the conversation we're about to have much more important, right? And if you think about it, they do that for a reason because right, you, if, so, if there's a hurricane, right, it only usually affects like one area of the country, right? So like in, when Hurricane Sandy hit, it decimated New Jersey and, you know, it didn't really do much to California, Right. So the claims that came only came for a certain pocket. This is a situation that's infecting the entire world. So imagine what the insurance company would have to deal with if all of a sudden every business in America was calling them saying, I want to get my business interruption insurance. They wouldn't be able to support it. So that's why they leave it out, which sucks for us. But it's where Uncle Sam comes in and allows us to get some relief. Um, so, uh, the, the, the fifth part, uh, that I want to talk about is protecting yourself financially, it's protecting yourself financially. And this is, we're getting into the stuff that you probably came here for. Um, but I have four, uh, a couple quick points before Mike starts to go. Um, number one is you must manage your expenses right now. You must manage your expenses and you must look at all the little subscriptions and all the little things that you're spending on what is not essential right now. What is not absolutely essential right now and how and, and, and do you need to do away with, right? That's like the baseline of it. You got to look at your expenses and you got to see what you can cut, right? Easy one right there. Number two, negotiate your lease. You should not be paying your lease this month in April, all right? Or if you're going to pay for it, it should be 50% down. Um, you know, get some kind of relief from rent knowing that the people that own buildings are going to get relief from the banks. They're going to get relief too. So don't feel bad about asking about it. Everyone's asking for it. If you're not doing it, you got to go do it. Um, send an email to your landlord and just be like, Hey man, you know, X amount of clients have put their membership on holds really uncertain times. Um, you know, and again, yes, yeah, some are, some Charlie are not going to be friendly. Um, I have heard most of the landlords have been um, actually pretty good with it. Right. And the reality is, even if, um, <laughs> and Mike told me this, even if you don't pay, they're not going to kick you out right now. <laughs> right. What landlord is going to actually kick you out? Are they going to physically remove all the equipment from your gym right now? So I'm not saying don't pay your lease, but no, they're probably not going to kick you out if you don't pay. Okay. Negotiate your lease. There's all kinds of ways to do it. This is not what that's about. Um, there's plenty of resources out there for you to talk to, um, about that, but you should, that is a, that is a way that you can reduce your expenses. Okay. Uh, number three is in addition to what we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Billy says, yeah, no one's going to take anybody to court right now. So it's like, it's almost like this, like free for all. It's like pretty crazy. Um, but number three is, uh, get a line of credit 
or some type of a SBA express loan. This, these two things are separate from what we're going to talk about and the actually specific um, you know, programs that we're going to, to talk about. I just have to get my computer's about to die. Um, so the first thing is the line of credit. If you followed me for any length of period of time, you know I've been preaching that you should have a business line of credit for if you've known me as long as I've been coaching entrepreneurs. Okay, you should have a line of credit. If you don't have a, just a basic general line of credit, go to your banker today and get one. Okay, another form of a line of credit is called an SBA express loan, which is a line of credit that turns into a term loan. So you have a regular line of credit, and then you also have something called the SBA Express Loan. I believe SBA Express Loan, Mike, is only through Bank of America, correct? The uh, Well, there's a couple uh, loans. There's, yeah, through Bank of America, the SBA Express. Um, you could also go, I'm sure everybody's gone through the uh, SBA.gov and has signed up for the EIDL uh, loan, yep. which is the- We'll talk economic. about that one, yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll go through that one. But, I want to uh, try and separate the, the actual, the, what's the disaster relief versus what's like normally available. Yeah, yeah. And we what's normally available is a regular line of credit and a bank. And an, SB, an SBA Express loan is not specific to the disaster. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We, we, so we just want to, we, we want to go to the um, disaster loans first and we'll yep, get into yep, where Yep. Before. So um, there, uh, number four, Remember, liquidity, this is an important understand thing to understand, okay? Liquidity is not the amount of cash you have. Liquidity is the amount of cash you have access to, okay? So having a line of credit, even if you never use it, that improves your liquidity. When you improve your liquidity, you're in a better position to last in, a, in, in something like this. So even if you got money sitting in the bank, you should be still working to improve your liquidity. And the line of credit is a way that you don't, uh, it's different than a, than a term loan. A term loan is basically you take all the money and then you got to pay it back. A line of credit is you only pay it back if you actually use it. Okay. And a lot of, a lot of the fees and stuff like that are being waived uh, for things like that. But another way is to increase there. Are, I guarantee you th this, there are lots of clients that are really rooting for you right now, right? You probably have felt it. There's lots of clients that are out there and they're like, I support you and make sure you keep billing me and make sure that, you know, there's a lot of goodwill going on right now. Okay. A lot of goodwill going on right now. Uh, that is an opportunity if cash flow is an issue to go to some of your uh, wealthier clients that you have a good relationship with and get some paid in fulls to help improve your cash position. And whether you give them a discount or not, um, that's up to you and your de decision. But remember, um, cash is king in this situation. Okay. If a business runs out of cash, the business goes out of business. So you must maintain your cash and paid in fulls are a way to do that and know that you have clients right now um, that, you know, if they got 30 million in the bank and they lost 10 in the stock market, they still got 20 million. Their $400 gym membership is probably not as much of a concern as it is to you saving your gym. And you'll never get it if you don't ask. So I would strongly suggest getting a list of people together that you think would um, help you in a situation like this that could provide some cash flow relief uh, for you guys right now, okay? 
Um, and then number five is re it's, it's potentially reduced payroll. And the, the reducing payroll side of things is like, do you have employees right now that are maybe part-time, you know, that are front desk people? Like I have some, I have like two to three part-time front desk people that I don't really need right now. They weren't affected financially. They have husbands that have jobs and stuff like that. And I just said, hey guys, take a month off. You know, we're good. We got everything under control. You know, you guys just go rest, be with, go, go be with your kids. So, and that minimizes your, your expenses. Uh, you, you do want to make sure you're maintaining your key employees if you can afford it, right? You got to maintain your key employees if you can afford it right now. Um, but yeah, reducing payroll uh, is another way to make sure you're staying financially secure uh, during this time. Um, but not going too crazy because we have some stipulations of how much actually you can reduce payroll to be able to get access to the grant um, that we're talking about. Okay. So um, that kind of leads us to the PPP. That leads us to the Paycheck uh, Protection uh, Plan. This is, you know, there's a lot of things out there. But I've been talking to Mike every day on the phone, and we've been managing these situations. This is something that you definitely want to most likely participate in. Um, that being said, it might not be the only thing that you should participate in. It, it could be a combination of, of two things that we have uh, to talk about uh, today. But the Paycheck Protection Act is, is the most um, – I don't know what the word is, the most inviting thing to participate in uh, at this the, point. Yeah, I think it's part of the, uh, the stimulus plan. So yes. What everybody's talking about right now. Okay, cool. So, Mike, I'll go through the basics of it, and then I guess we can get into any questions, right? Yeah, if I could just, uh, just yeah. to, your, to your last point, as far as the expenses and payroll and cutting payroll, just because there's so much still outstanding with the details of this loan, um, again, we don't have the exacts at this point. You really you need to run the business at break even at this point. So if that means cutting down payroll today, just because you're not going to get the loan, you know, even if this does go through, you're not going to get it for another week potentially. And so you really have to run the business today as if you're not getting anything. And so really. Make sure that you break even. You don't want to be burning cash during a crisis because you just nobody knows when it's going to end at this point. So uh, just make sure that you're running your business at break even. If these things do come through, you could bring back your team, and um, you know obviously this will create some significant profitability if you are continuing to see revenue. So um, I, I think the biggest point right now is just to make sure you're running the business at break even with the revenue that you have coming in. So go ahead with the. Uh... All right. So I'm going to be kind of reading off sheets and there's so much information out there. I kind of had to find the, the best and clearest form. Okay. So um, all of you, it, I assume no one on here has a single location facility that has more than 500 employees. Um, so I think you're good there, but that's like, most of you that run gyms, you know, that are, you know, you know, small group training gyms, large group training gyms, that you're a small business with under 500 employees, um, uh, you've been in operation um, starting on February 15th. So if you actually just opened up in January, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to participate. So you have to be in operation on February 15th. 
2020 going forward. Um, that's pretty much, so all of you most likely are able to participate in this. Uh, even if you um, have independent contractors, um, if you have independent contractors, you are still able to participate. We don't, aren't sure of the circumstances with uh, independent contractors at this point. I don't know, Mike might have more info on that, but we're not quite sure. Uh, the amount of the loan, the amount of the loan, meaning how much can you get? Remember, I'm talking about specifically the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Plan. Okay, PPP, also called, is it called the CARE Act or is it part of the CARE Act, Mike? It's a part of the CARE Act. It's part of the CARE Act, but this specific loan that we're talking about is called the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Plan. Okay, here is how they are actually calculating how much money you can get, how much money you can get. You would take what your average payroll was in 2019, from January 2019 to December 2019, okay, you would take how much money you paid in payroll, and I believe, uh, is payroll tax included in that, Mike, and health insurance and all of that? I don't believe taxes. I believe it's just wages, but health insurance is also included. Um, retirement investments, uh, I believe, is included. But and and okay, and their salary is also included in the loan. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. So if you paid yourself a salary, that would be included. So the way you would take that average number, your your what your payroll was, what you paid yourself, any type of benefits and things like that, um, average month. Right, average month. So let's say your average month is is um, uh, is ten thousand, ten thousand a month. Your max loan, the max amount of money you can get is ten thousand times two point five. Ten thousand times two point five. So if the average is ten thousand, you multiply that by two point five. The max loan you can get is twenty five thousand dollars. Now. For some of you that have higher payrolls, it seems like a lot of money. For those of you that run very, very lean, it might not be a lot of money, which may beg, do you need to leverage the other things that they're providing as well? And I believe, Mike, you can participate in both. You can participate in the disaster loan and you can participate in the PPP. That's correct, right, Mike? Correct. The uh, the disaster loan is just another another avenue to go about to uh, receive a loan. It it actually entails a um, I believe a ten thousand uh, dollar grant as well. So if you haven't already, you can sign up for that at the uh, sba.gov. Uh, I highly recommend that. I believe if you do receive the grant, it gets factored into the PPL loan. Um, so if if you were to receive twenty-five thousand, if you did receive the ten thousand dollar grant, they would just knock that PPL loan down by ten thousand dollars. From what I understand, again, this is this is where the details. Uh, this is where it's so important to contact your banker, who probably won't know until Wednesday. I heard Wednesday at the earliest, Friday at the latest. Uh, but the banker will have the details because the bill has been created. Uh, it was written, but the banks are the ones that are facilitating the loan, so they're the ones that will be interpreting the loan. So, so it's 
it's very important to get the details from your bank. Also try different banks because different banks may interpret the bill separately. And because they're the facilitator, um, you know, you, you, you definitely, if, you, if you're not able to get the loan, if there's some reason uh, you're not able to get it, definitely try through different avenues. So thanks, Mike. So, so the, the, we're pretty clear on how you calculate the loan, right? It's your average payroll times 2.5. That's the max amount of money you can get with the PPP. Okay. Um, now, the beauty of this and why this is so enticing Okay, is let's say you borrow twenty five thousand. Okay, and you are able to get a some or all of that forgiven, which means it's a loan that turns into a grant, and that means you're essentially giving free money if you borrow twenty five and you use it the right way based on how the government is asking you to use it, there is a chance you could borrow 25 and you don't have to pay a dime of it back. There's also a chance that you borrow 25 and you have to pay 20 of it back, leaving you a loan of $5,000. So there is those circumstances. But the reason why this is so inviting is that the majority of it should be forgivable. So the um, the way it's forgiven, okay, is you take the twenty five thousand, okay, that let's say that we loan, and they are going to look at the eight week period from the inception of the loan. So let's just say, for example, you get your loan on March first or, or April first, and you get the money. Um, they are going to look at your business from April 1st, when you got the loan, eight weeks forward, so two months essentially. And the forgiveness side is this, they will look at in that eight week period, what you spent on these things, write these down, what you spent on rent, what you spent on payroll, what you spent on utilities, and it says also here interest on mortgage obligations. So I'm not sure, Mike, if that's if they own the building, right? Um, so that is it. Okay, so it's rent, payroll, and utilities. So let's say over the eight-week period, the combined total of what you paid in rent, payroll, and utilities was twenty-five thousand, and you borrowed twenty-five thousand. That full amount is forgiven. Okay, now I'm telling you based on what I'm reading off this bank sheet, there is a possibility there could be some monkey wretch and I wouldn't put it past them. But, you know, in my conversations with Mike, there is, they want this to be, they want this to be helpful for small businesses. They want this to, to be a good situation for us. Now, think about this. Think about in your situation, if you already have revenue, and the X factor here is this, is um, you, you, do you qualify for relief is a language that they're using. And Mike and I had this conversation last night. And how they determine how you qualify for this is up in the air. 
I am hoping they're just going to be like, okay, you have a small business under 500 employees. You're good. We'll give you the money. But there is a possibility they could look at, you know, how you're affected by this. And if one of you is affected and you're not affected by this, meaning you've only had one client go on hold in this situation, well, there is a chance that they might be like, well, you weren't affected. But again, something we don't know, another kind of thing we've been thinking about. But no, at the end of, at the, end of the day, um, there, there is um, a forgiveness side of it. The interest rate on the loan, will be no more than 4%, will be no more than 4%. So not to say that it will be 4%, it will be no more than 4%. Um, the beauty of this is there is no collateral required for this loan. They're not gonna ask for a personal guarantee and they're not gonna ask you to put up your business or your house. That is one benefit um, of the loan. What you should be preparing um, you should prepare to know the number of your estimated payroll costs over the last 12 months. I would say start gathering that backup over the past 12 months, you know, get together your, um, your payroll stubs for the past 12 months, get together your, your financials for the past 12 months, balance sheet is what they're looking for. Um, and any invoices as far as, as far as your healthcare insurance. Um, so, so Charlie asked, my question is, I don't have myself in payroll. How would I calculate that in? Um, you know, I'm guessing Charlie, did you not pay yourself at all? If you didn't pay yourself at all, then. And that, that's the, uh, that's sort of the devil in the detail right now, uh, trying to figure it because single member LLCs are, um, are able to access this loan as well. Uh, you know, people that don't have payroll. And so how are they gonna calculate that? Uh, they'll probably look at the, uh, the net income. That's probably why they're looking for your financials. Um, so th there's a possibility that, that you're gonna receive not only two times your payroll, but potentially two times your payroll plus, you know, whatever you're drawing on the business. Um, again, that's, that's the detail that we have to find out through the bankers. So I'm gonna turn it over to Mike after these last two points. Okay, the first thing is do what Mike just said is start collecting your financials and have an estimation and know what your um, what around what your loan is going to be. So you can start factoring in around what your loan is going to be. The second thing you need to do, and this is what you need to do today, okay, is you need to create a relationship with your banker, right? And you need to call them and tell them that you want to participate in the PPP. Okay. Um, they may send you like a form or an application to fill out. No one is probably going to be like, yeah, let's go right now because it's not ready yet. But what you need to be doing is you got to make sure that you're just establishing that relationship because here's the thing. Um, there's going to be a shit ton of people that are going to be flooding the banks for this. And you do not want to be number 975 on that banker's list. And in my experience, you know, a lot of these bankers are kind of these people that don't like to work very hard. So go ahead and make sure that you're on top of that and, and get your get on your banker and be like, I want to participate in this program. What do I need to do next?
those are the two big action steps that I'd be taking um, from this specific part of the call in terms of the PPP. Okay. All right. So I'm seeing a lot of very specific questions here. I just gave you the big overview and we're going to do the best we can with answering some of these questions. So Mike, would you rather take some of these questions on the chat or do you want people to ask them in person? Uh, in person is fine. I've been trying to roll through the chat, but um, you know, I, I think in general, I just want to go back to the point of, of the bill states you have to certify uh, that you've been impacted. I think we've all been impacted, but to your point before, what does impacted mean? Uh, whether you'll qualify for this or not, if your revenue hasn't uh, really been impacted is, is the big question. And so that's, that's where I go back to the point of, of making sure, because we haven't talked to our bankers yet, because they don't have the details, just making sure you're running the business right now at break even, cutting your expenses, cutting your payroll if you have to, and, and just make sure that we don't have a burn rate throughout this entire process, because you'll just get yourself into, obviously, more difficulty blowing up your balance sheet. Um, to that point, uh, there are, I saw some uh, questions about the EIDL loan, which again is, is uh, active. Uh, you could sign up for that on the SBA.gov website. Um, they are offering the $10,000 uh, grant, so, so I would get in line for that. The SBA typically takes a lot longer. Uh, the PPL through the bank, the banking system is obviously a, a, a lot better than the SBA. Um, the SBA typically takes takes longer weeks, months, and so we don't know how quickly we're going to get that loan and that grant. So the PPL is really the number one uh, number one thing. The, the other place to look, a lot of my guys are, are going to their state websites, um, which are off also offering plans and grants. So, so make sure you check that out. Um, additionally, the, um, the, the private sector, uh, corporations are coming out with uh, small business grants as well. I know Facebook has their small business grant program, which, which you wanna sign up for, maybe get free ads, uh, but take a look out for those too coming up. So um, I don't know if we, uh, if you guys just, Want to open it up to questions? Yeah, or? so let's open it up to uh, questions. So just go ahead and uh, unmute yourself, and um, I'll try and manage this as best I can. So unmute yourself and ask a question if you'd like. Hey, guys. Right. Uh, so, so Jason's first. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, I have two questions. One's maybe slightly less related, but Mike, do you have any color on how they're going to be treating uh, owner distributions? You know, if, if you have a, a multi-member LLC, a partnership LLC, you know, we take our owner salary by way of, of K-1 distributions. Do you know how they're going to treat that? Is that going to be, you know, I know for S-Corps, the owner salary sounds like they're going to be included in payroll, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if you have any thoughts. No, on I mean, that, that's a, that's a big question that I have right now, uh, with my banker. It's, uh, you know, the language states the two and a half times payroll expenses, which includes the wages, which includes, uh, healthcare, uh, retirement matching, but it doesn't give too much detail about how, you know, single member LLCs or people that don't have payroll contractors, for example, could, could participate in this. 
Um, and so my, my assumption is that they're gonna, that they're gonna take into effect the, the profit, which is essentially what you know, a single member LLC receives as his quote unquote pay. Uh, but that is just an assumption at this point. Uh, that, that's the detail that we have to get. And that's, that's why you wanna, again, build that relationship with your banker. And because it's interpreted different ways by different banks, uh, don't use just one, you know, reach out to reach out to a couple of them and build that relationship and, and really get their understanding of how it's going to be. At this point, it's just, um, you know, a sort of a guess at this point, what, how they're going to treat that. Unfortunately. Cool. I'll, I'll ask the other thing I was going to ask tomorrow yeah, in, the ma in the mastermind call. All right. Well, so what I was going to say is like, we're in a position now and, and I haven't been able to get clarity on this. We're like, we've taken our staff and, um, you know, most of our staff's part-time and you know on our virtual program we're, we're super thankful to be operating at about like 40 percent maybe even 50 percent of where we were so we're, we're ramping up quickly but um basically we're in a situation where like the government's going to pay our staff more to not work than we can really pay them to work on an hourly basis right now um, by way of, you know, unemployment and New York paid family leave. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with my staff. I mean, on the one hand, I want to take care of them as best as I can, but I don't want to get in a position where I have nobody to coach virtual sessions because they would all rather take unemployment than actually be working. Um, and, and I don't know what other people on the call and, you know, I'll, I'll probably ask it again on the mastermind tomorrow, but, um, I'm curious how business owners are dealing with this issue of not entirely furloughing, but reducing hours, um, you know, vis-a-vis -vis government benefits. Mike, can I, or I can, I, I mean, yeah, I'll, no, I mean, that, that's a great question. And I've it been, is a good question. I've been, I've been seeing that a lot and, and that's where, that's where, you know, when, when I go back to this, we want to break even. You got to figure out what that revenue is going to be and what your payroll allocation budget is going to be. Right. And you want to have a, a, a rank, almost a ranking of your employees who, who, who's going to be there in the long run. Because the, the reality is we don't know how we're going to come out to the other side, right? Your business is going to change. We're going to see behavioral changes in society. You know, is everybody going to come back to the gym, even if the government supports us for two months, you know, what, what's your business going to look like in two months? And so, you almost want to think about what that structure is going to be like and who's going to be there in the end, as far as your, your employees. And you really want to take care of them, you know, yeah. put the, put the others on furlough, put them, you know, because they, they will make, you know, some will make more because the, the uh, tax rate on, on, on unemployment is, is lower than the tax rate on yourself. So you may even have to pay uh, the guys that you're keeping there a little bit more to, to incentivize them. But, yeah, that, you know, that's where we're at. We're like, hey, do we pay these people? Like, again, we don't want to establish a burn rate. We don't want to be in a position where we're burning cash. And I don't want to be paying. Um, I don't want to be paying trainers more than I was paying them for in person. Um, you know, especially because they're all they're all they're non exempt hourly employees. Um, they're not on salary. So it's like, um, you know, their hours are reduced. But you know, I haven't told them this them this yet. But like, for some of them, they, they would make more if they just said, hey, I'm not going to work at all. I'd rather go on unemployment. And, um, yeah. you know, if that cat gets out of the bag and everyone says, hey, we don't want to work anymore. We're just going to, you know, suckle off the government's teeth. Then it's like, I have no staff left. 
Well, well, the, the, the risk to that is that, you know, that's only going to last for, what, three or four months. You know, right. so they're going to need a job. Right. That's, that's say They're going to need a job at some point. Right. Lot, here's the other thing, too. People are much more grateful for that job that they used to hate right now. Yeah. And the, We've certainly and seen the that. 5 a.m. sessions that they had to go to that they're, they're really grateful for those things right now. And there's, so you're seeing a lot of that come out. I mean, the thing I would shine the light on is, Jason, the most important thing you need to protect, right, is that 50% of your business that's still there. And right. if you furlough too many people or get rid of too many people, that one, it drives you and Joe up the wall, meaning you're not able to facilitate that 50%. Exactly. If exactly. that 50% drops, you're in a, a, a much worse situation than you were before. Exactly. Yes. Well, so right now we're just trying to run enough the- to be able to run the business that you currently are at. And then, and, and at the same point in my, you know, strategy is what are you doing to continually grow that 50%? And is that possible yeah. you know, during that time? So I get what you're saying. And I think it's a really important thing. And I think I Mike, I kind of shadow what Mike said was you got it do everything you can to keep your key employees. We all know that there's probably some employees throughout this that we're okay letting go of. And there's some employees that, man, we we can't, we got to keep them some way, shape or form. The one thing with the PPP uh, that I didn't mention is you cannot, if you do reduce, you are able to reduce hours in that eight week period by a max of 25%. So without penalty, Meaning you can reduce your, say someone's doing 40 sessions a week. You can take 25% of those 40 sessions. And I'm not good at math, so I don't know what that number is. How many sessions is that? If you go from 40 to 25% of 40. Um, and none of you know either because so it's <laughs> 10. So you basically, so 25% would bring in them from 40 sessions to 30 sessions. You can bring them from 40 to 30 with no penalty to you in terms of the payback of the loan. Everyone understand that you can bring them from 40 to 30, which drives your payroll down of what you're paying out. When you go above 25%, if you brought them from 40 to 20, you're now a reduction of 50%. That will start to creep into how much they pay you back for the loan. Does everyone understand that part? Okay, cool. Jason, you good? All right. I'm I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, Uh, Jimmy, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, is it 25% of your total payroll or 25% of each employee's payroll? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I believe I read, let me, um, so I think there's, there's, there's almost two stipulations here. Uh, from, from what I read and again, it changes. And again, we need to get the detail from the banker, but it's, it's both the, the total payroll amount, but it's also the number, number of employees that you had. So it's the average number of employees that you had over the past 12 months. You know, what did you bring back? Like we talked about, you're, you're going to have to let people go today to break even. Uh, but once you get this loan, you could bring the team back. Um, and, and the question is, you know, how, many, how many people are you bringing back? Is it is it 75% of the team, you could still get 100% forgiven dollar for dollar. Uh, if you bring less than that, it's going to be a percentage. So, so you'll still, even if you don't bring back 75%, even if you don't have 75% of your payroll back, uh, you, you, you will still have a percentage forgiven. And so the key is just managing that loan and managing that, that payback. 
again, because you don't, you don't have to bring everybody back because you may not, again, when we come out of this on the other side, you may not need that structure. Um, and so you don't have to bring everybody back. You don't have to use the entire, you don't have to get the entire loan forgiven, but if you manage it correctly, you could pay off the excess amount back at the end of this two month period and then manage your business from there. So I, I think to your point, there's, there's two stipulations as far as the number of employees and the dollar amount uh, surrounding that payroll expense. I think the way that we're looking at it and you know, the way that we talk to our accountant is like, hey, let's just take as much money as we can get here under this. And it's like, then we're gonna figure out the grant in a week or so as things become more clear. And it's like, worst case you pay back at 4%, but even if, you, you know, even if you're only able to get you know, half of it um, rolled into the grant. Well, you still came out with half of that money free in your pocket. So it's like, you know, that's how we're approaching it. Exactly. It's going to reduce your expense structure uh, by that amount. It's going to reduce your, your fixed expenses with your rent, utilities, your payroll, and whatever you don't use, you could pay back. And so that's, that's the number one thing I'm pushing the guys is to really, you know, go out, sign, sign up for the SBA.gov. Uh, it, it, it's not going to, uh, it won't have any effect with the PPL loan. So sign up for both. Uh, go to your local government websites. Uh, sign up for those grants. Um, you know the the private sector as well. And so really, you, you want to see what's out there um, and really understand what you need. I mean that the loans might not be necessary for everybody, right? If you, if you have a clean balance sheet, you don't have debt. Uh, you have a cash cushion, you may not need a loan, but for those of you that have credit cards that are outstanding, uh, you have a line of credit that's outstanding uh, at a 9% interest, I mean, this is a great opportunity to refinance all of that and refinance all of your debt with all this opportunity. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. So you guys are saying that, um, and I know that we don't have all the answers yet, but saying that, you know, they're going to look into your payroll utilities and um, mortgage or whatever. Rent. 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 Sorry. So let's say, so my, uh, my landlords have been really nice, actually. They, the girl actually was in West Africa studying when the Ebola outbreak happened. So she's being very sympathetic to everybody. So she's pretty much telling me that she'll let me like distribute this month and next month's pay uh, like rent throughout different months. So that though, in the long run, would really screw me over, right? Correct to to get the grant forgiven. Well, I I guess yes, um, because it, it, it'll only screw you over if you could. Here's the here's the problem because we don't have the details today. Yeah, that's and I know that. that. Yeah. But but what ideally what you would want to do is pay the rent these next two months because the government's paying it, and, and then push off that that concession that they're giving, you know, for for June and July, you know, when when the government's not paying your rent. But right. in essence, you know, whether the government's doing it or your landlord is giving you concessions right now, uh, the key is really getting that off of your your expense structure uh, in the near term, making sure you're break even. Um, and yeah, yeah. The, only, the only factor would be like, if you can't, right. If you didn't, if you, if you did pay your rent, would that put you in, you know, a hole, right. But if you can afford to pay your rent right now, then yeah, that's probably a good month. The, the next eight week period are, is a good month to do it. Just push it back. And I would always ask for, you know, to tack it on at the end of the lease more than amortize it over the 12 month period 
And remember, always in a negotiation, you always got to ask for more than what you want. If you want something, if you want to, you know, pay it back, ask to pay it back at the end of the lease versus paying it back over the 12 month period after the loan. So always ask for more than what you want. So, yes, I think that that's a smart decision, Erica. Who's next? Nick? Question. Um, is, is there an ability to um, utilize the funds to select the time when you want to use the funds? For example, right now, I don't really need uh, people, but I could really, you know, let's say I get open on June 1st to select June and July as the eight weeks that I'm utilizing those funds. Uh, from my understanding, it's it's an eight week period after you get the distribution. So whenever you do get the distribution, it's it's that eight week period. What you use to spend on the payroll, rent, and utilities. Um, so you know, in your case, I think the PPL loan you can. Uh, then I don't know if you have this in front of you, but I, I believe it's it's open till the end of the year. And so if, if you technically don't need it today, where there's going to be a rush of people. At the banking system, anyways, you know, potentially it, you could wait another month or two and then and then get it. But again, that, that's a, a speak to your banker, understand the uh, the terms of not only the loan but the forgiveness, the grant. Uh, that's the biggest thing right now. But I, I believe there is uh, some leeway, but it starts once once you get the distribution. So it's all dependent on when you do, do get that. Yeah, I would concur. See, talk to the uh, the bank on that situation because it's like I have a bunch of stuff here, but again, it's like I own a gym. I'm not a financial consultant. You're not a uh, banker. I mean, that, that, not that's a banker. the thing that the banks are interpreting the bill right now, and and like I said, they're going to interpret it differently depending on on the bank. Uh, so the key is to really you know talk to your banker and understand the forgiveness, understand how much. Really, it's understanding how much you can get, uh, what the forgiveness terms are, um, and then really having a plan off of that. You know, wh whether you're going to get the entire amount forgiven, or potentially take the loan, refinance some debt that you have. Um, and so, it's really first about getting the the keys of of how much you can get and what the forgiveness terms are, and then you know making a plan off of that. Uh, Nick, right? Uh, let's go Nick and then Don. Don, you're next. Got, Nick, you got to unmute, unmute yourself. There you go. Nick, I don't hear you. Well, let me try. All right, Nick will type it. Let's go to Don. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Okay. Um, so in my situation, I know you're in Jersey also. Uh, governor got on. I put all my employees right to unemployment. Um, do I still qualify for the SBA? Because I was on the website last night, got to the last part, but you know, I still have utilities, still have rent. Um, does the SBA grant, do I need to have payroll? You got that one, Mike? The uh, the, uh, the EIDL grant? 
EMSK.org. Um, I believe I this, the whole the EIDL and, and the PPL is, is really, it's, it's the government trying to put working capital uh, into the system. And so uh, they understand that everybody had to put it on furlough. I, I think when, once you get the loan, especially the PPL, uh, once you do qualify for that, you have to bring everybody back. Um, and I believe that is the same for the EIDL. Uh, but um, really what they're trying to do is, is take people off unemployment at this point. And so they're trying to bring everybody back. Um, the EIDL, I believe you could still get the $10,000 grant. So I'd still complete that, that application. Um, but I know specifically for the PPL, you'll, you'll have to bring everybody back. Um, which again is um, is sort of a question of of where you see the business in the future and whether you need to bring everybody back. I mean, you could bring everybody back, pay them, but you know, as as I forget who else was talking about, sometimes they might be able to make out better being on unemployment, and you may have to let them go anyways in, in two months. So it really becomes a a question on what the business is going to look like in two months. Um, and, and how much you want forgiven, what you want to do with that loan, potentially you know, use it. It's going to be a low interest loan that you don't have to pay back for six months. Um, so, so there's a lot of opportunity with that as far as refinancing and, and investing into the business, but uh, you just need a plan. But to your question, um, I believe you have to get them back onto your payroll uh, to get that loan. But um, Again, the, the SBA, I think it's going to take a lot longer. So I would sign up for that, but just go, go to your banker and sign up for the PPL uh, and get a full understanding of that first. Thank you. Who's next? We reward people with the courage to speak and ask their question. Marty. Hey, Vince. Hey, Mike. What's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, all right. Uh, my, my question, I don't know if it was answered because I had to leave the call for a second, but uh, I've been paying myself an owner's draw ever since we opened, so we're not running it through the payroll company. Uh, we're just writing ourselves checks. Uh, so how does that impact what we can ask for? We include that in our, in our calculation? I, I, I believe so, Marty. Uh, I think that owner's draws are included in the amount of the loan. Um, is that true, Mike? Yeah, uh, Marty, that's the, as we were saying before, that's, um, you know, that's the big question right now because uh, initially the bill was written that it was based on payroll, um, uh, based on payroll and benefits. Uh, but then they did come in and they stated that single member LLCs are, uh, do have access to this loan. Uh, so the question becomes then, well, how, how do you determine what that is? And, and really the only way to determine that is what your P&L is, not necessarily what you draw. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as a single member LLC, you're going to, uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily draw the amount of, of, of profit in the business. So um, again, so that's, that's the speculation we need to talk about. Me and my wife. So that's two, a two member, two member LLC. Me and my wife are equal members. So it would be the same thing as, as you know, um, contractors as well, right? So contractors, 
they don't have a payroll. So in your case, it's, it's let's assume you don't have any payroll. Uh, you're still eligible for this PPL loan. How are they going to calculate that? Are they going to calculate it based on just your net income or what exactly you are drawing on the business on a monthly basis? I haven't seen, um, you know, the people that have, I think Bank of America is starting to request information. The information they're requesting is uh, a financial statement, uh, your, your payroll stubs for the past uh, year, and a balance sheet. And so, and invoices for, for healthcare, if you're including that. And so they, they, haven't, uh, they haven't requested information about draws or anything like that. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna make the assumption that they're gonna base it on, on P&L of that business, of that single member or, or you know, with you and your wife. But again, that's, that's gonna be up to the bank. And, and like I said, different banks could have different interpretations of it. So they're the ones that are in control. The Fed is providing them the SBA loans, the cash, uh, the banks are in control of dispersing that depending on, on how they interpret uh, the bill. And so the key right now is to talk to your banker and, and, and really see what those details are. Okay. The, the other thing is uh, you said the last 12 months or the 12 months of two, 2019, uh, we only recently started ramping up our payroll. For most of 2019, I, we barely had any payroll. Uh, so that's probably going to hurt us if it's going to be the average for 12 months. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's uh, Vin, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but uh, I, I initially read in the bill that it was for 2019, the 12 months. Uh, but then this is where, uh, again, Bank of America is the one banker that I was working with. Uh, they were looking for the past 12 months, so, so through February. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So I, 2009 or the past 12 months, uh, I think it's going to be dependent on the banker. Uh, this actually says the average total payments for payroll incurred in the last 12 months. So exactly. this, this would say, good, when I was on the conversation with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, they said 2019. So again, like two, two different stories, this one, and, and this was sent to me yesterday the call I had to U.S. Chamber was last week. So you know, every minute it's changing. So I'm hoping, Marty, for your sake, that is the average total payments for payroll costs incurred during the last 12 months. So it does not say here 2019. I'm hoping that too. Me, me too, for you. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, one, and I, I also had to leave the call with uh, part-timers are, my employees are all part-time, so that's not a worry. Mike, I, I didn't see that. I saw Daniels uh, posted something about that 12 uh, part-time uh, employees are not included in this. I, I find that hard to believe that, I mean, they're still employees. And yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that is obviously another question. I think that's where it comes into to number of employees. So I, I didn't see any stipulation between part-time and full-time. It was more number of employees and it was dollar amount. So uh, you know, you need to keep 75% of that, that dollar amount and, and number of employees, whether they're part-time or, or full-time. Uh, I haven't seen a distinction between the two. Um, so I'm going to assume that it's, it's, it's both uh, part-time and full-time. And that's where it's a, a factor of the dollar amount and the number of employees. Okay. Thank you. You got it. Uh, I want to get Nick, I want to get to your question because I know that, uh, uh, your mic is not working, um, but I believe it's the same thing that 
actually, we just answered that question. Okay. So Nick, your question was just answered. I believe it's, we're hoping it's the last 12 months for certain people's sake. Um, hoping that they give you a choice, right. Of what's better for you, uh, in, in terms of getting the amount of the loan. Um, all right. Who's next. I have a question. Uh, if I could jump in. Uh, oh. Hold on. Uh, who's Who wants to jump in? Uh, Dave. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Lena, you're next, and then TJ. So I'm, I'm gonna. My question kind of piggybacks off of Don in in New Jersey. So if you have your employees furloughed right now, so you know our our state did just like New Jersey. They shut us down on March 17th. The earliest we can open is May 1st. Most likely, it's going to be June 1st. So let's say you take this PPL loan, just just pick a date. Let's say we get it tomorrow, April 1st. Do we need to bring back our our furloughed employees for those two months, the months of April and May that we're not going to be open because the government's not allowing us to be open and we need to pay them like their average salary over the past 12 months per month? Like, How, how does that work where you have to bring the employees back, but you're not officially open? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a the uh, <laughs> that, that's the goal of the the program is really to bring those people back, get off get them off unemployment. They're they're not going to have the responsibilities. They're they're not going to be working full time, but you're going to be paying them full time. But essentially, the government's going to be paying for that uh, through the forgiveness. And so it, it's really about bringing them back. Uh, I, I think the plan in general is to hopefully bring them back in two months. The world goes back to normal, and and you have your full team in place. Uh, but again, like I was saying, the reality is the world's not going to be normal in two months. The team's going to change. Uh, so you have to be really strategic on, on who you bring back and, and what you want forgiven. Uh, you can bring back the entire team, uh, pay them 100%, have it forgiven. Uh, um, I, Mike, I just have here um, reductions in the amount in the number of employees or compensation occurring between February 15th uh, 2020 and 30 days after enactment of CARES Act will generally be ignored to the extent reversed by June 30th, 2020. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's saying that if you bring them back by June 30th, 2020, that all that, that amount, um, all that you spent, but remember you bring it back, you, it, if you don't have them for the two months prior, right, your payroll, your, your payroll is going to be low. So the forgiveness is going to be low, and then it's really just rent and, and utilities at that point. It'll be one hundred percent dollar for dollar if you bring it back by June thirtieth. Uh, but the the amount that you're going to get will probably be a lot higher than what you're actually going to spend. And so it's key to realize that whatever you don't get forgiven is going to be a loan that's going to be on your balance sheet. You're going to have to owe it back at some point. Um, and, and you're not going to want to use it starting July 1 to have a full team and, and not enough revenue. And then you're starting to burn. You have a burn rate again, and you're just going to blow up your balance sheet at that point. So it's, it's key to really have a plan through this. Uh, understand how much you're going to get, how much is going to be forgiven. Pay back the remaining amount if you don't need the loan. And again, restructure your business. We talk about being break even now. You want to be break even on July 1st as well. Um, and so, so it's, it's really strategic as far as how much, how much, how many people you're bringing back and, and what the forgiveness is going to be and what you're going to do with the rest of the loan when it's not turned into a grant. 
yeah, there'd, there'd be a big gap between what the loan amount you had versus what your payback would be if you furloughed them all. You'd be able to get a lot of money because you it's based on the payroll of the last 12 months. But if you let them all go, your your payback over the period, your payroll is going to be essentially at zero minus what you pay yourself. So yeah, it's a tough, it's a, it's a, it's a tough situation to work through. Um, but again, your bankers hopefully will be able to be that kind of calming voice. Um, yeah. And I think Mike made a good point to reach out to, you know, a few different banks and, you know, find the relationship. They, they, the better, the best thing in this situation is to have a really good relationship. Um, actually one of my, uh, other, uh, things when I went on the scary time success manual is, um, is forget about your commodity, focus on your relationships, right? Forget about your commodity, focus on your relationships. Like there's nothing better right now to have good relationships right now. Like I have a good relationship with my bank at Merrill Lynch and I literally was able to secure a line of credit in like a day. You know, because I was able to get them on the phone very quickly. I was able to tell them exactly what I wanted, what I needed. You know what I'm saying? So relationships uh, matter. Think of the relationships with your clients right now. Some of your clients are are, are paying you lots of money for 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 air, <laughs> for air, for online training. <laughs> They're paying you five hundred dollars a month to do online training. Well, that's just there's no online training program on the planet that's five hundred bucks a month, right? To, to, to show yourself dancing around on, on, on Facebook Live. Okay, they're paying you because of the relationship. So that's why I said going back to the first one is forget about yourself and focus on others. That is how you strengthen relationships. So the better relationship you have with your banker, um, the easier this is going to go. All right, who's next? Someone needs to be muted. Who are you? I'll find you. Alina. Uh, Alina, you're up. Uh, Alina and then TJ. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So if we, like, I just applied for a line of credit through a local bank and I got denied for my business, um, my business credit score, but not my personal. Would you recommend taking out a personal line of credit or just looking at another bank? Um, right now, uh, because the SBA loans are good faith loans, I, I would I would focus on that and uh, see what you can get out of it. Um, and it all is dependent on on if it's needed today. Uh, do you need it today? Uh, it's very specific. Um, ho hopefully not. Hopefully you can sort of get the business to break even today if, if that requires uh, furloughs and requires lowering payroll. I, I would do that today and, and then really try to get these SBA loans because again, they're good faith loans. I, I think because of the political climate that we're in and because Main Street got left behind back in 08, um, you know, these loans are, are going to be easy uh, to access. I say that, um, but again, I want you to uh, work on really getting the business to break even today and then making those adjustments, bringing back payroll if you have to, if you get the PPL loan, um, 
know, if you get the EIDL loan, uh, you know, that'll be three and a half percent. That'll be better than anything that you get as far as a line of credit from your bank. Um, so, so if you could sort of wait and, and really see how this pans out, if you can't, obviously, um, you have to do what you got to do, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into today or going, go into April with a burn rate just because we have no clue when this is going to end. We have, we have no idea when, when this is going to end. So you, you don't want to burn rate today. You want to make the business break even today, uh, during any crisis, uh, you, you can't really predict what tomorrow's going to look like. So. I would try to be break even, not need the line of credit necessarily today, and then see what the SBA, what the government's going to provide, and go from there. Okay, thank you. Um, Don, the answer to your question is the link uh, to the website for your using info on programs. Um, the the uh, the disaster relief is just if you go to uh, disasterloan.sba.gov. Technerd, are you still on? Technerd, can you post that uh, the SBA um, the disaster relief loan? I posted it in the Facebook group for the mastermind. Post that one in there. I don't. I. I don't. I mean, there's articles on, and, and again, there's so many different variations of articles. Um, what Dom, when you call your bank, like what I'm reading from right here is what my bank sent me as an outline of the PPP. So, hopefully, your banker should have something like that. That probably would be more impactful than you going online and finding an article about it. I would assume what your bank sends you hopefully will be the most up to date. Thank you. Yeah, you I have it. a lawyer working on it also. Um, I just, okay. you know, with the SBA loan being like, you know, the application's right out there, how much can they change it after you apply or, you know, as far as stipulations? Well, they can print money, so they can do whatever the hell they want, I guess, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Mike, how much can they change it after you've already applied? I'm sorry. The, uh, the question was, how much can they actually change? Are you talking about, Don, if they change the rules of the loan? Yeah, for so already... and the fine print. Where, you know, are we going to have access to the fine print? I've heard, you know, again, like Vince, I've been reading all kinds of websites, been on gym owner uh, blogs, and one lady said they had all kinds of crazy fine print to the point where it was as, you know, if you're not music licensed, they fine you. If you're websites not ada accessible you're you know it, it, it was crazy yeah i i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be even going down that rabbit hole and trying to read any fine print you know that's where like hopefully your banker you know can help you navigate through all that but you know this is this is something 100 percent you should be aware of and focused on and communicating with your banker but to go down the rat and i've been going down the rabbit hole of this because i'm doing this call Right. And so, and I'm, and my only, the, the main purpose of my call is not to give you guys the details of the program. My main purpose of the call is I hope that there's people that didn't even know about this thing that now know about this thing. They're going to be in a much better position. That's the main, my main reason. Um, but you, you got to remember that you still got your business to run, right? You still got clients to maintain. You still got clients to get into new programs. You still set your business up. So, you know, it's important to really, um, to know about this stuff, but if you're going down the rabbit hole of every mini little detail, it's probably distracting you from what's most important. 
Um, and, and I would get back to servicing your clients as best you can, leading your team. And, you know, hopefully your banker and your accountant and people like that are going to be the ones that, you know, are making sure that this thing goes, goes right for you. So that's what I would kind of say to that. But um, thank you, Will. I just posted it in there. Uh, what else? What other questions do you guys have? Um, Jesus, there's still 50 of you on the call. I have a question about um, Zoom training and online training. Yeah, go ahead. Man. Yeah. Um, so what would you recommend if at all negotiating or renegotiating prices for clients right now? I do semi-private and I haven't had anyone really change their prices. I'm just charging what I've been charging. I rented out equipment, still have their program, still do conferencing with them semi-privately. Do you think I should be offering a discount for this? I feel like it's almost the same thing, just not inside the brick and mortar. I, I can only give you my opinion, right? And my opinion on this is if you're continuing. So this has my, been my stance on this is for my gym, I'm keeping the memberships the same. Okay. Um, my aspiration and what I have been bending myself over backwards is to make sure that I heap way more value than what they're paying. So my first choice in this situation, especially in the time that we're in right now, is to keep doing what you're doing and keep payments the same and put together a program that heaps on the value. If you just charge them what you're charging and you give them one online workout a day and aren't over delivering and aren't reaching out to them personally and aren't helping them with nutrition and aren't making things fun and aren't engaging them, then you, you should probably be getting a lot of calls saying, why am I paying this much? But we have other circumstances. I, so I have not had any calls at all, not one call that says, I want to lower my rate. There's only two calls. One, make sure you keep billing me because you guys are doing a really damn good job. Two, I need to put my membership on hold. I really don't think there's a lot of in between. Now, the caveat to that is what happens in a month, two months. And that is, I am still in search of that answer of what I am going to do personally. Um, I, I, I still think that there, I, I do think it matters um, of what kind of gym you have versus if you're charging 150 a month, I think it's much easier for you to keep billing what you're billing. But when you're charging five, six, $700 a month for personal training, and you're doing it over zoom, it gets a little harder. Not impossible though. Not impossible though. So I, I, I do, I do think that you're doing the right thing right now. Um, the, the big question is if you are, I, I, what kind of gym do you have? Is it small group or large group? Small group, the studio itself, 800 square feet, uh, very intimate boutique. Um, average is about 250 a month. Okay. So at 250 a month, you're not killing them. And, you know, so I think that for someone like yourself, you probably could keep going. Um, 
you know, and that's that's assuming you're doing maybe you know Zoom calls where you're doing small group workouts. And our job, our, my job, has just been to really just do the best I can to mimic what we've been doing in the gym. Just it's online. We're still giving them X amount of workouts a month privately. We're still, the, we're, if anything, we're doing giving them more. Right? If anything, we're giving them more than what they got before. There will be people that will go on hold. They, they you can't not. Like you can't not like they, like they lost their job. They lost their job. They have an inability to work. How, how could they keep paying a three, $250 gym membership if they have no income? So you got to understand. And that's why this government stuff is so important. You got to understand that that is going to happen. And in New Jersey, where we are, it's going to happen more because a lot more people are impacted by this. So it's, you know, there's some areas like, you know, I have a client in, in the mastermind in Minnesota. He's gained clients. He's literally gained five clients in the last two weeks and has lost like one due to a hold. So it's like a lot of it too is, you know, where your area is and, but know that this situation, like we, Mike, would you say we've hit the peak yet? I don't think so. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So we're not even at the peak yet. So buckle up, get ready for a ride. You can do it. All right, man. Thank you. You got it, bro. TJ. Yeah, uh, Mike, thanks for doing this. Um, one thing when, if we're not going to get forgiven, do we, before we make the decision, whether to take the grant or the loan, will we have what the loan terms are before we make that decision exactly so so once once you do get approved uh you'll have the terms and that's that's the biggest that's the biggest point right now to figure out what those terms are um if if you don't have anybody if your accountant's not on top of this right now what i would suggest is really putting this loan into a separate bank account and almost reimbursing yourself when when you pay rent when you pay utilities when you pay payroll so that you know what is going to be reimbursed, right? And so you could come out of this, and and uh, there may be fifty percent that's not forgiven, but that, that you have that fifty percent sitting there. You didn't spend it by accident. It didn't get thrown into something else. You could just take that money and pay off the loan, and so you end up with nothing on your balance sheet at the end of the day. Right. Um, so you could pay it early without having to pay the interest, or you have to pay exactly the interest the, the interest. I don't think is going to kick in. Uh, from what I read, I don't think it's going to kick in for six months. Uh, so, so you can okay. hold on to it for, for a little bit, make sure you get through the clear, um, and then pay it back later. But just, just the biggest thing is to understand what's going to be forgiven. And so getting that detail from the banker and understanding that, that it is payroll, that it is my draw, that it is the IRA benefits, what, what exactly is it? Uh, and then tracking that once you receive the money. So once you receive the money, you're not going to have to pay interest on it right away. Uh, you could really account for what, you know, what allocation it went to and understand, you know, at the end of the two months, what your liability is at the end of the day. Gotcha. Thank you. And TJ, I saw your note about the, uh, the full-time, uh, full-time equivalent. And that's, that's exactly, Sort yeah. of the point where where the language is is just very vague, and what exactly what exactly does that mean? Uh, and and that's, right, I think it's 
yeah, they're not, they're not like when you're applying for it within the, uh, well, I guess after the payroll, so you haven't, we haven't applied yet, but even on the small business, they don't, they don't really stipulate when you're applying for it. So it's all yeah. just going to be up to, um, I guess, whatever they're asking for to prove it after the fact. That's yeah. the only thing that's obviously everybody it's, it's so up in the air, um, whether they're going to in on June 30th decide that, oh, we're only going to give you 50% of it or whatnot. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, where it's, so it's super important to, to, to get that detail of, of the forgiveness and, and whether it's based on number of employees, whether it's based on the total payroll uh, percentage, um, because you, you don't want to bring back three guys, three out of the six guys, pay them the, the full payroll allocation that you're paying, give them a raise and all, uh, and then find out that, well, you only brought back 50% of your team, so we're not going to forgive that amount. So it's, it's super important to be able to, you know, get the detail on what that forgiveness is going to be. And like I said, I think it's going to be based bank by bank, depending on how they interpret, uh, interpret the language. As you can see, it's very vague. So it's, it's going to be based on what the bank, uh, the bank decides. Good, T. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. You got it, brother. Good job, man. Um, who wants to go next? No, nobody. All right. Um, trying to think if there's any questions. That we haven't covered. All right. Well, it looks like I actually have a question. Uh, go ahead, Randy. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going through all this. So I'm trying to figure out what I should actually apply for. I know we've kind of covered all this, but I just wanted to go over it one more time, kind of as a brief synopsis. So I'm looking at the PPP will probably be number one. I'm waiting to talk to my banker. My banker told me it'll take about one or two days, maybe yep. a little bit longer before we get that part figured out. The second I'm looking at is the SBA IEIEDL grant. It sounds like there's a $10,000 grant there. So I should probably look at that one. And then I'm gonna check my state website, look at private sector grants. And I guess back to the SBA.gov, I guess they have uh, loans there too. So it looks like possibly what four different things, the PPP, the EIDL, state websites and private sector, I guess, in synopsis, what we should be looking at. Exactly. And, and obviously, uh, we want to focus on grants, right? So, so money we don't have to pay back. So, so that, that's why the PPL is, is, is probably the number one. It's, it's going to be the biggest grant that you could potentially get. Uh, the SBA.gov, like you mentioned, has, has the $10,000 grant. So that's, so that's important. Uh, th there's probably going to be a lot of avenues you can go to for loans. You know, a lot of people are going to be loaning money out. So the question is, is really understanding what you need to loan for, uh, if it's needed, right? If you have a cash cushion in the business, if you don't have debt in the business, you know, you potentially don't don't need the loan. So I wouldn't get it just to. Uh, uh, again, getting back to the break even, I wouldn't get it just to uh, you know help your burn rate because because I wouldn't keep the full team, have a burn rate and get to the other side of this and realize that you don't need it. And then you have the sitting on your balance sheet. You have the liability sitting on the balance sheet. So 
um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff out there. Focus on the grants, focus on the free money. Um, and uh, again, get the details, know what you're getting into. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have the details today. Uh, nobody does. Uh, the bankers are just learning it. Um, and so, so the biggest message is to really just go out there and build that relationship with your banker and then uh, create a plan off of uh, you know, the information that you get. All right, perfect. Yeah, just trying to figure out which direction ahead and where to start. So thank you for the information. You got it, brother. Good job. All righty. I have another question, too. Go ahead, Lena. If you have a microloan, an FBA microloan, do you still qualify for all of this or no? What's the interest rate on the loan? 8.25. There you go. So I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but what you should be thinking about is you most likely will be able to get access to money at, a, at half of that interest rate. Okay. And a, probably a smart business decision, and I'm going to bring Mike in in a second here, is can you pay off the 8% loan with the 4% money? Yeah, but I just don't know if I would call if I qualify for this because it's FBA or any. I, I, I believe you do. Uh, I believe yeah. you do qualify for it. Um, and to your point, yeah, that, that's where – whether it's uh, an SBA loan that you have at 9% or a line of credit or, or again, credit cards that you guys are having trouble paying down, uh, this is an opportunity to take this low interest money, this low interest debt and uh, refinance it. So, so definitely, I believe, um, again, I would have to look into the, the ex exact detail, but I believe that you can uh, still apply for this uh, with that loan. Thank you. And I'm Lena, I'm showing here, this is just a one sheet on the SBA disaster relief loan. It says interest rate is, and again, this is um, what this says here it could be different, um, but three interest rates, 3.75. So, um, and that's not to say that I heard that the interest rate on the PPP was a max of 4%. I didn't hear that it was 4%. So I think the PPP could be even less than 4%. Yeah, it's going to run between three and a half and 4%. So go get that money, pay off that 8%, kid. Get you in the 4% club instead of the 8% club. Any final questions before I let poor Mike Waldron get back on the phone with some panicking gym owner? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. I hope this was valuable uh, to you. As I promised, there's no pitch, contrary to what you might know from me. Um, but there's no pitch. And uh, I hope you guys have success and you guys get through this really challenging time. Tune into my I have uh, three podcasts I recorded yesterday that uh, goes into much deeper of what I kind of started the podcast with though. So, so three more coming out in the next few days. Um, those should be able to shine the light on. We talked about the financial part of it, um, but really, you know, how your, your mindset is during this period is, is so important and to keep your mindset strong and your mindset positive and, you know, all the free money in the world, you know, can't, can't help a person that's having a, a personal meltdown. 
So you, you got to make sure you're staying strong, you're, you're staying good mentally. And, um, this is uh, this is a challenging time, but I think that uh, you know if you go through this intelligently and go through smart, and you you know you are uh, provide heaps of value to your clients, um, you should come out on the other side and be like Bubba Gump with all that shrimp in his boat. All right, so I want to thank uh, Mike for coming on. Really appreciate taking time out of his day. Uh, he this is pro bono work uh, for him. And he, again, he doesn't have the time to even sell you anything. Um, but when this is all over and you feel like you need some help, uh, Mike's a good person to reach out to. So um, thank you guys for all your appreciations. Um, I appreciate you guys. I'm dedicated to helping gym owners get through this time. Um, so I will see you guys soon. Peace.